glad to be here with you this morning. And I'm glad you're here. It's good to be in God's house and to be with people worshiping God's name. We've had uh, several weeks now on the journey going through uh, the rooted uh, material. And some of you are doing that in small groups, in life groups, week by week. But we've all been uh, sort of going through that in our sermon series each Sunday as well. If you aren't in a small group, there is still time to get connected and to engage with others on a week-by-week journey through life in growing and following Jesus better. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, The things that we've been talking about the last few weeks have to do with uh, knowing God, knowing who he is, talking to him, listening to him through prayer, uh, walking through suffering with God always present in those struggles, and then finding ways to break the strongholds in our life that hold us back and keep us from being victorious in Christ. We're continuing that journey this morning by talking about our purpose, just like Megan was mentioning, getting the proper purpose out of a fork, and it isn't for scooping water, is it? Well, we're going to do that and learn uh, what our purpose is and how to serve God and serve others. In his book, The Truest Thing About You, the author David Lomas says this, identity drives motivation. Motivation drives action, and action drives results. For example, if someone speeds past me at 90 miles an hour in the highway, odds are I won't chase them down and give them a ticket. I don't have an identity that says I'm a police officer and that's my job. So I have no motivation to act. A police officer, on the other hand, does have that identity and therefore is motivated to follow that speeder and get results by issuing them a ticket. Every action we take in life has a sense of identity behind it. How we see ourselves matters. Think about superheroes. Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, Peter Parker. Each of them has a very different identity than their alter ego. Bruce Wayne behaves differently as a wealthy playboy than he does when he is Batman. Clark Kent is a mild-mannered, struggling reporter, but Superman is the man of steel. And so it goes. In each case, the identity of the man directly impacts his actions. Our life in Christ must be grounded in our identity in Christ. What I do for Christ cannot come before who I am in Christ. Who we are in Jesus is the foundation for what we do for Jesus. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5. This is the first couple of verses. And verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is opening chapter 5, summing up what he spent chapter 4 making clear. Just as it was with Abraham... It is clear we have been made right with God by faith. 
by believing in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. This is what chapter 4 tells us. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We have been justified through faith. This is the truth that Paul wants us to be sure of. There is so much we have in Jesus. We have life we have freedom, we have joy, we have peace, and so much more. This is what takes up our focus, our time, our mental energy as believers, growing more and more aware of all that it means to be transformed by the power of God, to be fundamentally transformed so that we hear and see and understand the world around us with God's perspective, with God's vision, and with God's heart. This allows us to see our purpose. Now looking at Romans 5.1, the first thing I see in this verse is the confidence we have in God having believed. We're no longer confused. We're not left without help, without the strength that we had been missing before putting our trust in him through Christ. Do you feel secure in God's love and care? Are you certain of his character, his constancy, his sovereignty? Meditate on Romans 5.1. Since you have been justified through faith, it's done. Do you hear that? It's past tense. Since you have been justified by faith, it's finished. This is not in dispute any longer. Do not let Satan lie to you. The truth is clear. You who have believed are right with God. Secondly, since our relationship with God is secure and sure, the first thing we know is peace. We have peace with God through Jesus. Some of my uh, favorite verses in the Bible are found in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read uh, some of those starting with verse 4, verses 4 through 7 in Ephesians, where we learn more about the peace we have and what it's based on. And here's what it says. But because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even we were dead, when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. My identity is found in Christ. Did you hear it in those verses? Again and again and again. We ought not be confused. Gee, I wonder who I am and how I get there. Oh no, Paul says it clear over and over. It's in Christ. Now back to Romans 5.1 where it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the NIV Study Bible, there is a note that says this, Instead of we have peace with God, in Greek, it would say, let us have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you allow yourself to be at peace with God? Do it with me. Let's, 
Let's be at peace with God. Let's do it. The conflict is gone between us by faith. There is no guilt any longer. It is by faith that we believe, but we must also choose to agree with him to be at peace. Rest in the knowledge of what Christ has done. Accept it. Engage with that truth until it makes a difference in your thinking and in your motives. See yourself as God's fully and dearly loved child. You're not in competition with an overperforming sibling. Your place in the family of God is not dependent on your good behavior. You do not even have to be right most of the time, much less all of the time. And it could be just me talking to other firstborns in the room. But we all need to be confident in where we begin. We all start at the same place, just believing. Simple faith, that's all. And that's everything because God does all the rest in Christ. So be at rest and be at peace with God. Here's how the Amplified Translation of the Bible says it. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you hear it? Choose to be at peace with God. Accept it. Live in it. Now, we have peace with our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 2 continues, Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Here's another challenge to our believing. Are you standing in the grace that you have access to? When I read this verse, this is what I think. How powerful would access be that is gained through the life, death, and resurrection of the very Son of God on my behalf? How powerful is that kind of access? Did God accomplish all that to make uh, the lights turn green on the road, on the way to work? Did he do all that to, to, to give me a good day? Do we, do I have access to a little bit of grace? Some grace? Well, it says in God's word that I'm standing in it and I don't think it's just a puddle. I think it's a deep pool of grace and I am all in. I have constant, limitless access to grace. All the grace. All that I need for the struggle that today holds for me. All of the grace that I need to change my attitude. To choose peace with God. To handle the suffering that I'm going through right now to face what may come tomorrow. That's where I stand in grace, surrounded by it, filled up with the grace of God. And then verse 2 finishes with, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. All of this is for his glory. The glory of God right now 
this moment. God's glory through my life this week and on through the year. And the hope of the glory God has promised throughout eternity. This is my joy and my boast. His glory. And then... If we go back to Ephesians chapter 2, we left off with God expressing his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And then we read in verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so no one can boast. You see, it's for God's glory, all the boasting is in him. And then our verse for today, verse 10 in Ephesians 2, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. To do good works. The Greeks would have said we were created or saved by God into good works, meaning that we should walk in them as part of our regular lifestyle. The whole of our lives, all that we do and say are part of the good works we were created for, including our ordinary work, work that we get paid for, parenting, volunteer work, caring for parents, cleaning the house, whatever work is on your agenda for the day. These are all part of what we offer to God in our lives, living for the praise of his glory. And then the real point is God has created you, my friends, for his purposes. When you were growing in your mother's womb, he was planning good things for you to do. Kingdom building things, life influencing things, light bringing things, because these are what reflect the glory of God. Now, to be honest with you, I have never really felt special like God created me for something special. I am too aware of my flaws and my struggle and my weaknesses to think that it, it, it just frightens me to think I was supposed to do that awesome thing because I'm struggling with this ordinary thing right here, getting through the day. But the truth is that's what God gave me to give. The place where I struggle, the part that's hard for me, that's what I bring into life. That's why God made me. That's why God made you and gave you the challenges and the struggles and the experiences that you have had and will have so that you could bring them who you are. Less about special and more about unique and created for the purpose of what you are right now by faith, offering who you are to God to use. Not, I have to work hard to be that special thing, but I'm going to take my ordinary and be by faith living out what God's given me to be. Do you see that? Those are the good works God created you to do. Be authentic, be his, give him the glory and breathe your next breath. That's something extraordinary when it's given for God's glory. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 6, it says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory 
displayed in the face of Christ. And we reflect through our faces and our lives God's glory in the face of Christ because Christ lives in us by his spirit. God's light is shining in you based on your faith in Christ. Your identity as his child, saved by faith, you have gained access to grace and with confidence, courage, and boldness, I am calling you to live in that place. Serve God out of who you are in Christ. Serve him by being made, by being who he made you, a vessel to hold his love a child redeemed and made strong by the power of the Holy Spirit. In closing, I want you to hear from the example of Jesus. In John chapter 13, you can read about how Jesus' identity, his certainty in who he was, freed him to serve his disciples in the humble task of washing their feet. Starting with verse 3 in John 13. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. We have that same power at work in us through God's Spirit. We know where we came from. We know who made us. We know why we're here to give God glory. And we know what our future holds through faith in Jesus. We know we will return to God. We have that same certainty Jesus had. We know God has given us this life of freedom and peace. We know that our future is victorious and eternal. And the appeal of God is that we also would serve others following the example of Jesus. Find a way to be engaged in bringing light, in reflecting God's glory. Talk to someone about what God is doing in you, what you have learned about yourself, the world, his grace, and pray about how God would have you be engaged in the place where he has put you. We've talked before about how to get involved and be engaged in the body of Christ. There are opportunities in the lobby on the commitment wall to engage in service alongside with others in the family of God here at the Crock Church. Look over those opportunities Pray about it. Make a commitment to follow God's leading and try something. And then try something else. Find what works and what brings you joy and what puts you in the place for which you were suited by God when he made you. Find a new way to serve, to engage in allowing God to use your life for his glory. It doesn't have to be what everybody else or anybody else is doing. God knows how to use you and he will direct you to the place where your life will be in the purpose for which it was made. And do not be, do not be confused. It's not 
when I get my degree or when I get more courage or confidence or when I have this part of my life put together. It's right now. You are always on a journey, my friend. If you haven't learned yet, there will always be the next thing. And those are the places where Satan often will put up a barrier and say, mm, but you, no, you're not ready yet. And that's a lie. Because you already are justified by God, at peace with him, no conflict, no guilt, freed to serve and to be what God made you to be. So, how can I make the most of my life? Live with confidence because of the faith you have in Jesus. Be at peace with God the rest, and rest in your identity as his child. And serve others and fulfill your purpose like Jesus did. That's our prayer and that's our goal. And that's the desire of God for you today. To be engaged with his purpose through motivated by your identity in Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, we are so grateful that your word is true and that we can trust it. We're so thankful, Lord, that it's consistent from beginning to end, revealing your glory, telling us about who you are, your character, your sovereignty, the power that is at our uh, disposal because of your, your indwelling Holy Spirit. We see you revealed in your word. We see you revealed in creation and in each other's faces. And so today, God, we, we choose and determine once more to live in that place of truth. That we are free. That we are right with you. That we are at peace with you. There is no striving or guilt or conflict there. Help us to just accept that, that has all been done by Jesus and we don't need to do anything but come and believe. And then, God, to be so explosively filled by your power and with the energy working in us through your spirit to just be what you've made us to be in the place where we are, to love, to engage, to share to support, to encourage, to be a part of a, a community of faith that makes a difference because of the kingdom that we're marching with and that's led by you. So we thank you, God, for bringing us to this place and pray for fresh faith to believe and to follow you in obedience by your strength in Jesus' name. Amen.